Hello, everyone, and welcome to Scene Partners, Scene Partners podcast, starring Cody Walker and, and Chris Napolis. <laughs> I was going to try to follow what you were going to do, but you didn't. You stopped making any natural faces. I couldn't say well, what you were going to say. Yeah, you were you were doing At a whole bit, and I wanted to join your That's energy. True. You were joining the energy. That's right. I I um. I'm very excited to be in the office recording this podcast with you. Yeah. Should we call this the office studio space? The OSP? The OSP? In the OSP recording with you today because it means that I have returned from my long journey like Odysseus. Except luckily Frodo. it wasn't. Frodo. <laughs> Except. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> hey. Fun fact, uh, I learned. I was listening to a podcast with Elijah Wood, and we'll get back to your your trip and journey. Oh yeah, and whatever. And he revealed that every bit of spoken dialogue in the Lord of the Rings trilogy, the twelve hour saga, is all ADR'd. No. Yes. No. Yes. It can't be real. Because they were recording in the studio where they were doing some of their, you know, special effects and things like that. It wasn't soundproof, so the audio sounded bad. And when they went to do the ADR, they needed it to match oh the other God. stuff. So it was like, we have to re-record all of it. Oh, my God. And you have to think, uh, I'm that not in the, worst nightmare the ever. same headspace that I was when I was doing the film. I think we talked about some ADR stuff before in our long journey of this podcast, but mm -hmm. it is, it is like all of your choices are gone. You, it, it's so difficult to match the energy and like the vocal quality that you want. Like whenever yeah. you are in the moment in front of the other person and now you have to match it like, cause you have to make it match to your lips. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta make all that stuff you get, work. You get like some, some beeps and then you just have to like dive right in. You gotta go. Ooh, no. Gosh. I mean, I would have That's including your efforts too. So all of the ugh, ah, mm -hmm. all of that stuff. It's like that sounds you think like maybe a freaking he just nightmare. lied so that people would be like, "I want to go watch that again." I don't that's a weird thing to lie about though. Yeah. Especially with a cast that large that could also refute that claim. I guess that's true. Maybe send a group text. <laughs> Hey Hello, guys. Nine. I would this like to inform <laughs> you. <laughs> anyway, you're back from a long journey like Odysseus. Yeah, we went to Los Angeles. And there's nothing like going to Los Angeles to remind you about all the reasons why you hate Los Angeles. <laughs> I just don't get it. I never will get it. I've got so many friends that live out there. <laughs> I'm so popular. <laughs> <laughs> I have so many friends. <laughs> Like, oh, really? Okay. I only ever see me and you. I've got so many <laughs> friends that live out there, um, like from school or work or whatever, and they all just seem to love it. And they all talk about how much they love it. And I think that this is the power of, like, convincing yourself that something is true. Mm -hmm. Like, it, it is like, oh, no, this is a wonderful place, when really you know it's not. Like, it should not take... I mean, and I've lived in cities before, in large cities, and it's still like, I, like not everything has to be terracotta. Yeah, like not everything. It's every. It's just, and it takes so long to get anywhere. And everybody, well, what were you saying that? Um, because you were there for your brother-in-law's wedding. Yeah, and there was like a Michaels or a Hobby Lobby or something down the road, like yeah, six it's miles. like six miles, and, and it would have taken hour. you an hour. That's an hour. Six that's miles ridiculous is an hour. to me. Yeah, and it's it, it's just. I, it, you take for granted how easy it is to get things done. I mm -hmm. guess I mm -hmm. cannot imagine. And you, you know, he's a he's like an an event coordinator. He organizes these massive events, and I don't know how he does it because, like, just getting small stuff. Whenever you like, you have to be so prepared. You know, yeah. if if we're doing a show and we need something, I can take thirty minutes, run to a store really fast, and grab it last minute if it's absolutely necessary. Well, I was gonna say. It's an hour round trip. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> I, I'm going to, I'm sorry that I forgot the napkins. Yeah. But that means that we're not going to have napkins now because <laughs> we can't make that happen. <laughs> I just cannot imagine producing anything out there. Like the amount of like 
not even just like red tape that you have to go through mm-hmm. to be able to make it happen, but also just the logistics of being that prepared mm-hmm. is just wild. Yeah, to have to build in that kind of time. Mm-hmm. I mean, because I was sitting here watching your dogs and house and everything, and then it was also building in 15 extra minutes to make sure that they could go out and yeah. run around and stretch their legs before, you know, uh, putting them in the, the cages before I left. The cages. Well, that sounds what do you so call vicious. Them? The kennels? Okay. Before we put them in their cages and left them forever. Um, but yeah, it, it's, and that's so minor. It doesn't even matter. But I couldn't ha- imagine having to say, I need to go four miles up the road and it's going to take me 45 minutes. Yeah. Well, and it also is just depending on the time. And then it's like, where am I going to put my car? Yeah. And all that stuff. Just, just the, th- just having to consider all of those things. I'm just so thankful. I was so thankful whenever we were coming back. I was like, this is going to be so easy. <laughs> so easy. Yeah. Life out here is a lot easier. Uh, and I'm just, I'm just also thankful. You know, we, we got to meet a lot of really great people. Most of the, um, of my brother and sister-in-law's friends are all in the industry in some sort of way yeah. or have been or were, you know, um, and it was just so nice to have like a moment. Well, I mean, it was, it was amazing to be there and to be able to celebrate their wedding, but it was also really great for me personally, just being able to like hang out with some people that do this and understand how important it is. And just like in big groups. And it's not just, you know, like me, you and Lexi. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, man, this is so nice. Like all these people get it. And it's also kind of cool. Like so many of them were very generous in the way of of like you know wanting to know what in the world it is that we do in louisiana yeah like why how do you how do you do this and then also like talking to them and then seeing you know them understand how important it is in a way of just being like oh that's so awesome you know that you're able to to do that and we're like yeah you should come and they're like that i was not what i'm gonna do (laughs) yeah Like, I'm just going to stay in the north. Yeah. It's not what I'm going to do. But, um, like, I could afford any of these people anyway. <laughs> they could come watch just they, for fun. Yeah. It was to just support. Like, yeah, thank you for flying down from New York. <laughs> also, we'll take a donation. Yeah, that's true. I'll take a donation anytime. Um, but it was just really nice. And it so it kind of, like, was fulfilling in a way of, of, like, yeah, you know what? This is important and i'm really glad that other people can recognize that too it kind of like it, it like i don't know what it's it's not jump starts you but it just reminds you i guess is the right yeah. word it reminds you that you know what you are doing even though it is hard because this last show just you know really killed us in a way mm-hmm. and even though it was very fulfilling it still was just like man why why oh why do we do this in a way I just want to, like, you know, make some money and go to sleep and not have a hobby. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> like, somebody said, uh, they were like, well, what do you guys do? Like, I was listening to these two people talking and um, not creepily, like, from a bush, but, like, I was standing there, just wasn't contributing much to the conversation because yeah. they were talking about things that I can't understand. Like, well, you know, I'm just trying to figure out what I can do for a hobby. Like, I was thinking, well, I could golf, but I, I don't really like golf. And I was like, what? Yeah. Well, like, what are you talking about? And I eventually said, you know, it must be so strange. I said, I just can't like contribute to this conversation because I don't know what this is like. Like you're mm-hmm. talking about a hobby, like, <laughs> like you're having trouble <laughs> figuring out what to do with your time. What is something that I am passionate about doing or that, you know, is fulfilling for my they were like, spare time? Well, we don't want to be passionate about it. We just want to like have something to go do. I was like, oh, what? I was like, I just don't understand. I was like, and they said, well, what do you do? And I said, well, I'm a teacher. And uh, to which they rolled their eyes. And then I said, and we own a theater company. And they're like, oh, mm -hmm." it's like, what does that mean? Yeah, love it. They're like, well, that is your hobby. I was like, okay. (laughs) Yes and no. I was like, yeah, it's my like, because there's no time for anything else. That's mm-hmm. the, what they're kind of getting at in that conversation. But it was it was just kind of like, man, it must be so strange. There's a part of me that has this wanderlust for it that's like, oh, it would be neat to just be like, I don't know what to do myself. I'm going to read this gardening book. Well, the thing is, 
And I have to imagine because I feel like my life is always on the go. And I always feel like I'm <laughs> there are times when I'm like, I'm not busy enough. Yeah. And I feel guilty about not having something to do mm. or, you know, like I'm not mowing the lawn or I'm not doing yard work or things that I could be doing. And I just think that they have this time on their hands, but it's spent... Because they don't have a yard. Yeah, with non-sequitur things like, oh, I'm going to be on social medias and do all this other stuff. <laughs> social medias? I don't know what people like As they like said that. from their smoker jacket and their yeah. ascot. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. Um, but I, I also got to have some of those fun L.A. conversations where I'd forgotten what it's like to speak to people who are actors, where they're like... Uh. So, uh, what's I your zodiac thing. sign? <laughs> it was not zodiac. Sign. This is Mercury it was more like retrograde. You have a zodiac sign that's crazy. I worked with this guy who knew this other guy that also has a zodiac sign that made Iron Man. <laughs> like, whoa, that's neat. And they're like, so basically, I'm the zodiac sign for Iron Man. Like, what? <laughs> that's a 14 year old reference. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Great. It just, you know, just it was just fun stuff like that. Where mm -hmm. I was like, oh, these people—they're like, you know, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I love that you're like, oh, I don't want to like crap on their no, yeah, know, yeah, stuff, but it's, it, and I understand. It's just a different like, way of life. Altogether. It is a totally different thing, and I know the the reason why I was I'm saying that is because I used I know that I used to do that stuff all the time whenever mm -hmm. I was acting and working in the business all the time because that's what you're doing. You're always thinking like, oh, you're you're making these connections yeah and so your brain's always there but then you forget that when you talk to other people that you have to turn that off because mm -hmm. they don't care yeah <laughs> it's a strange like, way of code switching like when there's nothing to be gained from someone how do you talk to that person yeah and that is that it, it kind of makes like i think that's why people think of actors um or, you know people in this business sometimes it's just like super full of themselves and mm -hmm. cocky but it's because you're the product and you have to sell yourself in a yeah. sense. And so you're always going to be like, no, look, I'm cool. I'm important. I'm good at this. Look at all these other things. I, the only way I can show you that I'm good at this because you didn't see the show is to tell you all these other people that you might know that are good at this that also think that I'm good at this. <laughs> and so that yeah. maybe you'll remember that when you talk to somebody else who's even better and they can hire me. <laughs> yeah. It's like always, always on. <sighs> um, hey, so I was going to actually look at the board and read something. Okay. What do you want to read? What do you think? Um, we talked before. We had talked about... Um, now I'm trying to like figure out which one of these I actually want to say. Um, <laughs> the interesting to listen and wait. Uh, so... <laughs> It's the most interesting. I was listening to the most interesting podcast the other day. This guy just read a list in his mind and didn't actually say anything. It was riveting. It was amazing. This whole 20 minutes. I'm sorry. Um, okay. So in marketing a show in a small town, we have been talking about like marketing Tuna Christmas and the things that we want to do. Yeah. And one thing that I, I will say that I've found kind of interesting in, in seeing uh, some of the marketing that's been going on in our small town is how it seems like people are upping their game a little bit. Yeah. And which is really exciting. Um, I think another thing that happens in a small town, not with just marketing, but, you know, whenever somebody does something then other people see it and they're like, okay, so this is a cool thing. How do we now do this too? But now I feel like we started marketing our stuff a certain way. Yes. And then you kind of start seeing little pockets of it showing up other places. Mm -hmm. And you're like, okay, so we need to change. To be different. To be different. Even though I like what we were doing, but I don't want it to be confusing now. Yeah. And so I want it to be, and I still want it to be like the best. So I feel like I spend so much time thinking about marketing mm -hmm. and I'm just curious, like where, what do you think as, as far as, do you think that it is worth it? Cause I know that you've seen, you've seen the amount of time that I spend thinking about it or doing it or whatever. Cause I'm just, I'm always doing it. 
And like I've already come up with all this stuff for Tuna Christmas on my phone yeah. that I just haven't sent out or like released just just because I'm like, I need to be thinking about it. And the sooner I start on it, the more fine tuning I can do on whatever. And then by the time it's time to release it, it'll be great. Yeah. Instead of like, oh, crap, I need to post something or, you know, whatever. Um, So I'm just wondering if you think that is the marketing like we we marketed to kill a mockingbird like crazy. Mm-hmm. And still, I went and saw a local theater community's, uh, a local theater company's show, and they were like, hey, I had no idea that y'all were doing To Kill a Mockingbird. It's like, mm. Mm. oh, well, you were standing right next to yeah, me. I'm I was saying that yeah. like you weren't there. But it's for people listening. And I was like, to understand. Yeah. Yep. And they even said, have you tried, like, you know, putting it up on Facebook? <laughs> oh, <laughs> dude. Like, <laughs> watching your face yeah. react to that. Yeah, yeah. They were like, well, you know, you can, like, boost the post. It's really great. It's like, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Sure do, sure do know these things. Um, I was like, I, cause in, and in that moment, I just felt like, okay, so we were on the radio, we were on the news, we were on every social media platform. I had literal five-foot posters up on the side of the building. I had posters all over town, and I'm still, like, somebody who's actually in the theater community is like, oh, I just didn't even know. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know how. So the thing is, here here is like I feel like I know every show that's going on in our community. Yes, without having seen seeing it marketed, and we have you know, to like we, I, we, because I just know I'm yeah. like, well, I'm scheduling things, and I need to know these things, and I talk to people, and so I was like, oh, this show's coming up. I hear it most of the time from word of mouth, even yeah. if I don't see it. The thing is. I do love that it is a changing uh, thing that's happening in this area, especially because I think that competition always breeds a different type of excellence. And I think that as we're growing as a community in the theater division or side of things, that we're, we're seeing everyone upping their game and everyone wants to be better than they were before. Or, oh, look, they're doing this. And, and it's weird to be trendsetters in, in that, like sort of facet Mm -hmm. and that you're always having to change. It's like, well, everyone's doing what I'm doing and now I'm getting lost in the shuffle and I definitely don't want to be that. But what I will say about like, have you tried the marketing on Facebook and sort of any media platform um, is that if you're not baked into the algorithm, yeah, then you're going to miss it. Then you're going to miss it. And I think that that's really frustrating because you pay to have ads, you pay to have them pushed, you pay to have them. Now I see them because one, I've gone to like your page. Yeah. Two, e- even other theater companies here in town, I've liked their page, which right. tells me that this person did not do that. Yeah. Um, but also at the same time, it, it's like so- a part of me. Whenever uh, I was told this, I just immediately thought, "Oh, you just didn't go see it. You feel awkward." Mm-hmm. Because now we're staring at you in the face, and so you're like, "Oh, I didn't even know it was happening." Yeah. And it's just so it's just so frustrating because, you know, you can do everything Mm -hmm. and people will still always say that. Yeah. I mean, well, it's impossible to get all the information out there to every single person. Yeah. But I just that's that's what I'm I'm curious about. I mean, I know that we've we got a lot of ticket sales from the last time based off of our marketing. Mm -hmm. I also know, like, what kind of posts and what kind of pictures that we had posted along with the show that got the most interest and that got interest from people in our community that I've, I don't know that I've never seen at a show and that some of them, this was their first show, but they happened to see the stuff. So like in a way that's worth it. But then in my mind, I'm like, all right, so I'm, I'm like business wise. I'm saying this is how much money I spent on marketing. Mm -hmm. This is how many tickets I sold that I know of in correlation with, the or you know the fruits from that labor yeah and does it equal out am i making more money well the thing is or is am that i actually just losing it you're fighting within a system that's almost rigged against you right it's almost like i want to be on a diet but i love doritos and doritos flavor is designed to hit you and immediately disappear so that you want another chip at the like the second you're done with the first one yeah and that just compounds upon itself. And that's kind of what is happening when you're not within the algorithm. You're trying so hard to push it to these people, but you're pushing it to the same people. It's mm-hmm. like, well, if the message isn't really getting out there, and I, I agree with you 100%, you're spending all of this money, 
And does that correlate when you could just push the post yourself mm-hmm. without paying uh, Instagram, Facebook, or any anything else? And it's like, how, how do you how do you reach a wider market? I mean, do we need to buy a plane and, and spell well, it in the sky or what? It it is confusing. It's also like, is like is Facebook the right place to do this stuff? I mean, because other people are people are like, well, I don't use Facebook or I don't use Instagram. It's like, well, you want to cover all of your bases. Mm-hmm. But whenever you're, a, you know, like just say that you're a, a, uh, in a small community where you're trying to get the information out there about your show and you're putting all this stuff out there and it seems like nobody knows what's going on. It's like, what do you do? I mean, you can go onto the news, but who really watches that? Mm-hmm. I mean, we found that going on the news in our community, we can go on there. The thing that gets the most observance or whatever like you know the benefit from being on there is that the news shares it on their facebook and then we can share it from our theater page and that gets the most traffic yeah like that's <laughs> and you know normally once we do that there's always it's it's funny like we can always count on like at least 10 sec 10 seconds 10 um 10 oh my gosh tickets yeah 10 tickets sold right there from from that post uh, from the news but it's like okay so what else do you do mm-hmm. do you get a billboard but you're a small theater company you're going to spend two thousand dollars on a billboard for a week that's insane and surely there's no way you're going to make that money back surely what what you spent on you know pushing ads on facebook or whatever doesn't equate to two thousand dollars oh god no 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 so and you know i think a lot I mean, of it could well yeah i guess but I don't really look at billboards when I'm driving and I also don't look at yard signs. So I wonder how much of that stuff that people do really works. I mean, it feels like the best way to get people to into a show in our community is to have 500 people in your cast (laughs) and then just have them bring their people to see them in the show. That seems like the best way, but there just has to be some other way to do it. It just doesn't make sense to me. Like I, I, so I've just been like thinking about this marketing stuff, and I was working on some stuff, and I was actually thinking like, you know, we've been talking about we want to do this video, but it's going to be a good bit of work. Yeah. And well, it's not so much that it's going to be a lot of work; it's just going to take time. It's just time, yeah, like anything else. So we're talking about this and putting it together, and then I'm like, all right, but is it going to like? It'll be cool. Yeah. And it's awesome that we're doing it and no one else is doing this. And so like this is checking some boxes for me. I said that like I was dying in the desert. This is checking some boxes. <laughs> I can put this <laughs> off the bucket list. I really thought I had enough air to make it to the period. <laughs> I, just, I just didn't. I was like, I'm squeaking this word out there. Um, but it was checking some boxes. But it's like, is it going to be worth it? Yeah. I mean, in the long run, Putting stuff out there, new stuff out there, it's going to be worth it in some way. Mm-hmm. And I I get that. And we'll be proud of it, for sure. And it'll be fun. Mm-hmm. And that is that is really cool that, you know, that it is fun for us to actually yeah. do. But it's, I just, I just, I don't know. I don't know. I think about this all the time. Like, what do other companies do in this situation as far as marketing goes? I mean, it seems like in the city, they just put, put it on a bus. Yeah. I'm like, here you go. We're doing it. But at that point, you know, like those bigger theaters, they just get people to come to the show because they're doing it. It doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily matter what they're doing. I just wonder, you know, because we're in the middle right now, we have chosen our season, essentially, and we're waiting to release it. And I've so I've done extra marketing material for that for our next. And I say season. It's so strange. Like I used to feel very differently about choosing seasons. It feels like this is just the next group of shows. Yeah. <laughs> but and it I wouldn't have said that any other time that wasn't the pandemic, but it's kind of like yeah. we did this show and there wasn't anything else in the season because it was a pandemic. And now we're doing an abbreviated season yeah. because we're starting it in the middle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so like eh. So it just seems kind of weird. So ne- this just seems like the next group of shows that we will be putting on, <laughs> which is literally what a season is. But anyway, um, so we've chosen them and we're really excited about it. 
And yet again, it's so frustrating. It's like last time we we hardcore talked about him, but yet again, the reason why we haven't announced our season is because of scheduling with our arts council mm-hmm. and with their uh, their actual process. I'm beginning to think that I just need to be a jerk. Yeah, like it's the only way, and I don't want to be that person. But it's like I I guess I'm just gonna have to become the type of person that drives people crazy and that they don't want to talk to in order to get things done. Yeah. And I hate that. I just don't understand why that's a thing. Especially when you're approaching them, trying to be a human being, but like understand that I'm also running a business. Well, yeah. And like to be told, Oh, well we're going to do this, but um, I just, you know, I don't really like being the bad guy. So it might like I'm going to see if I'm going to ask somebody else and they'll do it for me. Like, I get that you don't want to be the bad guy. Obviously, I don't want to either, which is why I'm being so nice right now. But just like this is your policy. Yeah. I'm now come to you and fulfilled my part of this that's in your policy. And now it's your job mm-hmm. to take that. And within a certain amount of time, come back to me and be like, yes, problem is solved or no it is not (laughs) yeah i don't understand it's such a human thing like it's a rule yeah it's such a human thing to not want to do something that makes you uncomfortable but it's so healthy to have hard conversations sometimes that all the time yes at at work all especially like this past year with supply chain demands and Mm -hmm. things like that like having to call customers and tell them like hey here's the deal it was supposed to be here today looks like it's not coming until the day after tomorrow I don't know what happened. This is the the the, the state of affairs this is that we the live world in. that we live in. Today. Yeah, and you know, for the most part, they're like, yeah, I know, I know, I know. It's under you know, and I don't understand what is so difficult about having a conversation that is telling these other people that have dates booked, you don't have a down payment on this. Someone else is willing to put the down payment. Which Do you still want policy. this date? Yeah. Well, and this is another thing that I don't necessarily understand about the booking of of our, like, this is insane to me, that at this particular theater, I can go in there and I can book the theater until the end of time. Yeah. And I don't know what's to stop me from going in there and being like, all right, so in the year 2050, I want every week for the entire year. Yeah. And then for that entire year, if anybody wants a date... Yeah. You got to buy it from me. You are going to have to like call me and I'll have to give permission. And if I don't want that person to perform, I'll just write a check. Well, no, wait a minute. If you do this, does that not make you in charge of the? That would make me in charge of the calendar. That's so the thing. That so makes no this sense. This policy that they have as far as their contracts go, they have essentially given all the power away because I can just call up there and reserve dates. Yeah. And so now I'm going to have to go negotiate with another company that it, that booked something four years ago. It's insane to me. Yeah, they don't. Like, they're, they're, no one thinks that they don't far know. Ahead. They just. So basically, you're saying that like you're allowing people or companies to like lock up your calendar and never and with the possibility of them not performing and giving you money. That's bad business. It's also just like not ethically okay. Yeah. <laughs> In any way. No no publicly traded business would ever operate in this way. It would no, be like it makes money no talks. Sense. It basically to me is like, oh, somebody who doesn't know anything about contracts wrote this policy. Yeah. And the crazy thing is, is like if you're going to book a date, you should have to pay that. Yeah, you should have to payment. pay a deposit. Yeah. That's the other thing that I don't understand. I mean, I get it. If I like for me, if I were going to go in there and be like, I want to reserve you know the these these five whatever's for the show these five dates for for five different shows that's a lot of deposits for mm-hmm. me to put down at once so if you want to be like look you can put a deposit down right now and it's going to be yours but if somebody comes in and they want it and you haven't put down a deposit that it's not yours anymore yeah and then you just have to be like okay because that's the policy I mean, that is that is any place where you try to book any kind of event. And you can ask your brother-in-law that. It's, it's so like strange. You have to work with... It just makes no sense. Yeah, and it is... I just did your noise. And <laughs> it's so infuriating, too, because like I have this information. I want to put it out there. I want to release it. And I'm excited about it. But I also want to know that we can do it. And I don't want to just post something 
even though it's really hard for me not to. Yeah. That we're going to do something. And then, you know, the other thing is, it's just not smart on my part, my part. It's like, I'm going to put this out there and then the other company is, could see it or whoever has those days and be like, Oh wait, that's what they're doing. No. Yeah. (laughs) Because they have the power. It's insane. (sighs) Sorry. That wasn't necessarily about marketing, but. But it is a little bit about marketing because you it do is. need to book a, a place. Because I need to also start like telling people what we're doing yeah. next year so that they can plan around that so that they can be a part of it or not. But you know what? Um, you know, speaking of marketing, one of the best marketing tools that you used in uh, Mockingbird was that you put Greater Tuna on the back of the program. Yeah. And I had so many people come up to me and say, I cannot wait for this i'm coming back for this yes which is very exciting that was well it's really awesome that we're getting to a point where it's not so much like oh it's this brand new company i don't know it's more like oh i've seen their stuff i'm Mm -hmm. really excited for whatever it is that's coming up next even though they may not know what it is yeah they're like well i just want to go see it because hopefully it's good hopefully it's good (laughs) (laughs) but that's just that's that that to me is very like that is a, a like I, I take pride in that. I think that yeah. that's really awesome. Like I'm very proud of that, that people would see one of our shows and be like, I don't care what the next one is. I just want to go see. Yeah. Which is really awesome. Um, speaking of uh, what do you how do you feel about the importance of being humbled? I definitely. So I really, really struggle with adorning like accolades upon myself I really don't care for them uh-huh. like it makes me really uncomfortable and you know that <laughs> and so i always want to take the route of of being humbled and just but like, everybody on some level whether you admit it or not enjoys a compliment well, it does like you know make my chest swell a little bit when people are like oh that's so good that was great yeah, yeah yeah um but it, it's one of those things that i i could see the old me fighting its way out Mm-hmm. if you will. And it's like, I used like to be doing it so, for the accolade. Yeah. Arrogant and yeah. thinking that I was a certain way or so good. And like where I'm at in life now is that I don't want to take any of the gifts that I have for granted. And it's the same way. Like I do not joke about losing a limb because mm-hmm. I don't want to take what I have, which is this wonderful gift. And and I'm just being a human, you know, that, that is very privileged. I don't want to take any of that for granted. Yeah. ever. And so being able to be on stage and to act and to be in these, you know, amazing storytelling performances and shows. And even if I'm not on stage acting to be a part of something that is just changing and moving people in a way, I don't want to take that for granted. So I love anything that can ever humble me. So like when we had the conversation about um, the, the end of the last show and it's like, Hey, I think we're doing this wrong. And I think that you need to play it differently. And it's like, Absolutely. Yeah. Let's try it. I want to yeah. do it. I like there was no ego involved in that because I don't know that art really has a place for ego mm-hmm. or ego really has a place in art itself. And so I enjoy anything that humbles me in a way to bring me back to reality. Like, hey, you're veering a little too far into the left lane. Get back into the right one. Do you think that you have to have like you have to have a bit of ego in order to be successful? Well, yeah, I'm awesome. <laughs> no, I at think at least that you have to I, like I think ego and I immediately think like false confidence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, who doesn't have imposter syndrome? It's so crazy to listen to people like Danny Elfman or John Williams, these great composers that still mm-hmm. feel like I haven't you know, landed the ship yet. Well, it's because there's not in our particular business or really in in art. You, you don't really know what you've done until you're dead. Yeah. <laughs> and by then you don't know. Exactly. So there's no way to know. And so it's like you, you there's not a, oh, I'm successful. Yeah. I mean, you can ask any successful performer and they're going to say like, yeah, I'm making millions of dollars performing it in these films. It's just like what Matthew McConaughey said in his book. It's like there is no end goal of like I am now successful. Yeah. Because he hit all those benchmarks. And then there's just more yeah. benchmarks. It's just never ending. 
So I just, I, I wonder, you know, if you do kind of have to have this like need, like I think in the beginning for me performing, I had a need to succeed in it so that other people knew that I succeeded in it. Yeah. And it wasn't so much about storytelling. It was like, okay, I, I want you to see how know that I'm successful. Yeah. yeah. They're just like, you know, I went to a small high school in the middle of nowhere and everybody made fun of me for doing what I do. Mm-hmm. And the only way to like one up them would be to go to that reunion. Like that was always the dream. I'm going to show up to my 10 year high school reunion, like in a helicopter or whatever, you know, and like get <laughs> out in a helicopter. Basically, it's I'm going to drop be, me off in my Dodge Viper <laughs> gonna I'm, roll up. It's gonna and be awesome. I'm just going to be Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. Since we were talking about Iron Man. And so it's like that to me was how I was measuring success, which was totally, totally misplaced. Yeah. But there is something about like being humbled in the moment and then having to like take it on the chin and walk away. Yeah. And not not go further in. Yeah. And I think that that's kind of a hard thing. Like it is so hard for people just to be like, okay, I'm just going to. I'm just going to take that and I'm going to move on mm-hmm. because now it almost seems like we're all like, Oh no, we're now going to talk about the reasons why I'm, I'm now upset about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we're like, yeah. I don't think it's a bad thing to talk about your feelings. I do think that there is a time and a place. Exactly. And not in front of everyone else, but yeah, I, I mean, I know that there have been multiple, multiple occasions where I have been very humbled in mm-hmm. the moment, most of them involving like an audition for something, especially like oh for man. TV or oh, voiceover stuff. All of that, all of those. I went in in college and I auditioned for um for this commercial, and they had a teleprompter. I'd never read off a teleprompter before. And they were like, "Can you do this?" And I was like, uh, "Yeah, I can read." <laughs> so of course I like failed miserably in front of these guys and I was you like just looked straight uh, at the prompter the whole time. No, it was that like I I don't know what it was. It just it looked like the prompter was too far away. I was having trouble reading the actual words and then getting them out in time before they disappeared. Mm, and yes. I just never done that before. And it was just scrolling. They were like, What speed do you want? And I was like, it's just, you know, whatever average is. It's like clearly should have asked for slower than average. And so then, of the course, the talented <laughs> Adele Hazim. <laughs> yes. Um, so they like stopped the prompter, which was like a, on an iPad or whatever at that point. And they were like, um, so uh, you want to you want to take that back since you're so good at reading? You want to try that one one more time? It's like, yes, I do. Yes. I you just want to say I'm I'm going to just I, would like I can stop wasting our time right here. Yeah. It's like I apologize for saying something that I thought was funny and cocky and coming off as a jerk and now ultimately proving myself to be a fool. Yes. Like that happens a lot. Mm -hmm. Also, you know, like in a situation where like I remember assistant directing for David and being like, man, I'm like, this dude is this amazing director. I'm assistant directing. I'm in this room with all these awesome actors. I'm like, let's go. And then he says, Hey, um, can you run? And go and get everybody in here some coffee. And you're like, yeah, okay, okay, yeah, I can do that. Even though I, like, really, <laughs> that's not really where I was at. I wasn't in, like, the point in my life where I thought that I was the getting coffee person. Yeah. I thought that this was... I was an AD, not a PA. Yeah, I thought that this was, like, a these big-time ask, uh, askers. <laughs> 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 these big-time actors are going to come up to me and be like, what do you think? about me 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 and i'd be like no well it is yeah and then they'd be like oh thank you you're so talented yeah instead it was like um going up to these big time actors and asking them what they wanted from the coffee shop and then coming back and i'm pretty sure david probably did that to me on purpose just to be like to humble you in the moment yeah listen (laughs) i know where you think you are but you're not you're a little big for your britches at the moment yeah so I think he just kind of was taking me down to size. But like stuff like that all the time yeah, happening. But I feel like without those horrible, horrible things, there's no way that I would be where I'm at as far as my approach to storytelling. Mm-hmm. 
and also like those conversations like we were having with those people in LA where you're just like, I think that you're cool without all that yeah. <laughs> extra stuff. Like I'm good with just having a conversation. I, I was happy that I got off the bus at that stop. Yeah. Um, no, you, I want to double back to your point about do you think that uh, you have to have ego to be successful? And I don't think I do want to clarify. I don't think that ego is necessarily a bad thing. I think that you can recognize that you have a certain talent level or a skill level, really, of doing something that is different from other people. Yeah. And that you you have this thing that makes you stand out in a very specific way. And for you, it is being tall, being um, bearded. <laughs> and you should never be without that beard. Glad to see it's back. Um, but no, it's it's that, you know, you you or this actor and then you have gone off and you've done this. So you have this different level of skill in what you are trained to do than other people who aren't. And I think that you can be because there's like a practice. Yes. Involved. And and I I don't think that that's application is instead of just like, Oh, I get this. There's an application, but you approach it not with the ego, you know, not in check, but with humility in that, Hey, look, like, yeah, like this is, I know what I'm doing. Yeah. So you can have that conversation when you have these people who aren't trained in the same way as you, yeah. that you can bring them up to this point for a performance. Mm-hmm. And and it was so interesting to watch from not an actor's standpoint, but from the assistant director standpoint and watching your approach in, in, in doing that. So I do want to say that I don't think that ego is always a bad thing in yeah. that. And I was just using you as an example right there. No, I really... I know. My ego it really enjoyed it. Super awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I, I agree with you 100%. I mean, I think that you have to have some sort of confidence. I mean, if you're going to enter into this if, and you don't have any confidence, I don't think that you're going to do very well. Yeah. Because most of the time, you are the only person in the room that has confidence in what you're doing. Yeah. Because... You know, I I well, been, you have the vision. You know what yeah. it's supposed to look like, sound like, and how and you if want it. Somebody to, comes up and asks you a question, and you don't know it, and you don't have the ability to look at them and be like, "I don't necessarily know the answer to this question, but I'm going to think about this. I'm going to get back to you." Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, because if you just look at somebody and you say, "I don't know," then you have just given away all of your power. Yeah, as a producer or a director. And you, you, bas- you basically can never say those words. I mean, I feel like you can go around them, but I don't know is a very, I, I, I don't know. It's ba- it basically is like I've now given the reins over to you mm-hmm. since I've now admitted that I don't know what you should do. So now you get to come up with anything and it's the right answer. Yes. And Whereas, you know, I have worked with directors in this town that don't know mm-hmm. and they think that I'm going to a you know, there, there is no friendship here. I am just going to be like, well, you're stupid. And, and how could you question me? Like there was a, there was a performance where we were doing, um, sort of a round, um, performance and like Mm -hmm. there was an audience on all four sides and we had the veterans had come in to watch one night and they only sat on like three sides. And then I got chastised for only playing the three sides of the room. And I said, where was the audience? Yeah. And just like watching the director go, what, well, you would think in that yes. particular situation that the director would have actually gone back and said, hey, all of everybody has sat in this one section. So just try to adjust your blocking so that you're not always with your back to yes. the audience over there, because that's the important thing. Or asked them to move. Yes. And sit somewhere else. And it's not it's not that I felt like it was approaching it from and, and I don't mean to say that egocentrically, but what I am trying to say is like if you don't know something, yeah, and then you want to give this like I'm gonna like, be a that's jerky your job. Yeah. Your job is to be seen and heard. Yes. Just like not approaching something as a jerk and like knowing that when I do know something, mm-hmm. I can give it to you in a very, you know, even manner. Oh. If you will, oh, I just didn't know where you were going. <laughs> you don't have like, to be like a like I'm a. I'm searching for the words in the clouds. Yeah, <laughs> searching for the kind words. For the kind to say. words. Yeah, yeah. I I understand that it is very difficult, especially whenever you are an actor and you have a director that is cocky in all the wrong yeah. ways and for the wrong reasons, and a lot of that times it has to do with inexperience and 
just lack of knowledge. Yeah, I, I recognize that it was all this insecurity, like making yeah. certain actors cry throughout a whole I just rehearsal. cannot imagine how that makes you feel. And I'm end. just like, I get that you were insecure and that you were trying to establish dominance, but when you are a beta, stop trying to be an alpha. But it's also like, you can't, what are you going to get from that person now? Yeah, like, they, what is this getting from anyone? Like, you're here to tell a story. Mm -hmm. And why? how can you tell that story by breaking somebody down? Yeah. You can't tear someone apart and then expect them to put on a put-together performance. Yeah. Because you just ripped them to shreds. How can they? How can they enter in with confidence or perform with any sort of joy in their heart if the whole time they're thinking about, the time that you just brutally mm -hmm. tore them to shreds in front of everyone. That's just wild to me. I've never under, never understood it. And, and ultimately, mean, you end up losing your whole cast. Because yeah. at that point, they're like, we just want to get through this. You have made an enemy. Yeah. You have made an enemy. I watched this. You know, I, I saw somebody at Chicago Shakes, um, a big director there directing Midsummer Night's Dream, tear this girl to shreds that was playing one of the lovers and just like made her cry in front of the entire cast. It was basically like, I don't know why you became an actor. I don't know why you're here. I don't know why you thought this would ever be a good choice, but I can tell you after the run of this show, you should look for something else to do because I'll never hire you again. And I can't imagine after anybody sees your performance that they'll want to hire you again either. And was like saying all of those things to this poor, like 20 something who got this big job yeah it's like why would you do that yeah like there's no way she's going to deliver a good performance and nobody in that scene is going to either mm -hmm. because it's not fair you've just uh i just and don't just, get it like i just don't understand the approaching people not in a human manner like for example like with her why would you not pull her to the side after rehearsal and it's like hey look i'm i'm sensing some resistance like what can i do as a director to help you get to where you need to well, be his whole thing was yet again it's insecurity because you're getting paid a whole bunch of money to deliver a product and he had a crappy product he didn't have a good concept yeah and he was trying to force these people you know when people do Midsummer Night's Dream, it's normally a play either about the mechanicals or the fairies mm -hmm. or um, the lovers. It's very yeah. rarely do people find <laughs> like, the right balance, find for the three. right balance for all three. Most of the time you can be like, oh, this director really enjoyed <laughs> this aspect. Yeah. And the rest of it was just kind of like, eh. I mean, I've probably only ever seen it a couple of times where everything was well thought out. I've been in it way more times. And it was never, I've never been in it where it was like, oh, yay. Yeah. <laughs> We're all in this together. But still, and he, he, it had is done difficult because there are three different storylines happening and all at once. And invariably, to, someone is going to outshine somebody else. Well, yeah. And it's okay if, you know, Nick Bottoms down there outshining all the rest of the people or yeah. the lover scene whenever they're all fighting is the funniest part of the whole thing. That's mm -hmm. fine. But you should at least have a well thought out concept. That encapsulates all of these things. Yes. Not just like, uh, I didn't really know where the fairies live, <laughs> so I'm just going yeah. to make them a circus. Yes. And or I'm just going to make the fairies steampunk. Mm. That was a big thing. I played a steampunk Oberon. I was like, why in the world? I'm wearing this like figure skater shiny top with a with like a butler coat. When tails and like a top hat with goggles, like what does this even Love mean? It. Like yeah. this is just I don't understand any of it. Anyway, it doesn't it doesn't matter. I'm digressing really hard on this on this thing. I just it You're it all came from talker. yeah. It all came from he was insecure, knowing he wasn't delivering a good product. Mm -hmm. The executive director and the artistic director had already been down to see a rehearsal. They didn't like the product that he was delivering. It wasn't that the actors were doing a bad job. It was that his idea was bad. Yeah. And he didn't have the fortitude within him to admit it and to change. And so instead, he dug his heels in and blamed it on someone. Yeah. This is why my show is failing. And I'm going to do that in front of everyone so that no one thinks it's my fault when literally everyone knows it's your fault. Yes. I mean, it's like the baby in the room. But then you get all of those people not wanting to work with that person again. Oh, yeah. And it's like it's not about like you're not going to hire me. Understand, I will not work with you again. But what's amazing is after that, Chicago Shakes hired this guy multiple times. 
Interesting. And they just are like, well, okay, this is what we're doing. Sometimes the easy choice is not always the right choice. <laughs> the path well, less is, traveled is less traveled is for less a traveled. reason. Yeah. I just, I am, I'm, I'm, I hope that no one in our shows ever, ever leave a rehearsal feeling like they have been torn down as a human being and that they're not invested in the process and the story as much as anyone else. Mm -hmm. And that they have been like pushed to the side because they weren't important. Yeah. I just, I hope that that never happens or that if they're made or that they're made to feel small, Mm -hmm. I just don't understand why that is a part of our culture in a way of just being like, Oh, it's okay. Yes. That director like screamed at us for however long. I mean, look, I've been yeah, punching down on people makes no sense to me. It makes no sense. They're never going to deliver. I mean, I've, I have directed some shows where we've made it to, you know, or going into tech week and people are like way messing up on their lines and they don't know what's going on. And they don't know where they're supposed to be because they haven't necessarily put in the work. And um, and I have had I have sent people away, mm-hmm. but I have never yelled. But I have definitely been like, you all just need to go home. Yeah, because I'm 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 done. I'm done. I'm out. I'm out. I mean, I would rather send you home while I'm furious and then. Like, you know, lose 20 minutes of a rehearsal and then be able to talk to people calmly about it the next day <laughs> and then come home and have a drink and just scream and rage in my kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> then, like, do it in front of these people. That's just not going to do anything. Yeah. Anyway. Hey. I do love being humbled. So, all that to say. <laughs> just wanted to tie that So, in. Uh, any occasion to be humbled. That's right. It's coming for you. Mm-hmm. You had the most humbling experience of your life when we put you in that Charlene costume. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, close to it. It was close with that short skirt. Ooh, it was gorgeous. Ooh. all those yams. <laughs> it was. That was a cold chair, by the way. I don't know how <laughs> women wear a mini skirt. By the way, sat in that chair and I was like, Ooh. "You got a scoop. Ooh. You got to scoop that thing like the. <laughs> you got to so- scoop the." <laughs> You got to scoop the skirt as you're sitting. So you're not just sitting on your bare butt. I mean, it's not like I was instructed or grew up my whole life knowing how to, you know, sit uh, with skirts. Well, hey, we'll find out in the next show. I was about to say, I guess we'll, we'll find out. People can see it. Well, I'm really excited. I'm excited for you. I'm excited for us. And I'm also excited to listen to this podcast since I feel like we're, we're pretty done. We're pretty done. We're pretty done. You ready to go? Yeah, um, I think uh, we should sign this off with a uh, a rhyming couplet. Go ahead. <laughs> he said, "Okay." <laughs> that was pull. Cody, and that is Kristoff. Another <laughs>